The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, Packers fans? The APC podcast, APC Acme Packing Company.com, part of SB Nation. Packers talk all of the time. I'm your host, Zach Rapport, filling in as ably as I can for Alex Batakis, Ben Foldy as well. Not with us. Still the summertime. They still got their summertime schedules, but we promised a weekly show for you guys. So here we are. It is Wednesday, August 8th. And before you jump ship, if this is Friday or Saturday, and the preseason games already happened. I know that the preseason opener versus uh, Tennessee is on Thursday. We're going to try to keep this episode more general, so if you do catch us on Friday, Saturday, or later, it'll still be fun and useful for you. Uh, but uh, near the end of the show, we will talk a little bit of uh, about what we want to see out of the preseason as well. But uh, before that, ahead on the show, we'll go through some news and nuggets. We'll do a little listener mailbag session and uh, we have a big announcement as well on the other side of that. Um, but of course, it wouldn't be a podcast just me by myself sitting in my apartment in Queens, although that could be a podcast. I don't know who would listen to it. I am joined mercifully by our corporate overlord, Evan Tex Western. Evan, how you doing, buddy? Doing well, Zach. Can't wait for football about 24 hours from now. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a long summer, but uh, it's nice that uh, we're we finally got football to look forward to here. Hell yeah, man. Thank goodness. I'm playing your 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 walk-up music here in the background just to set the tone. <laughs> uh, so you really quickly, before we get into some news and notes, you just returned from an Alaskan vacation. Is that right? Yeah, we spent uh, about 10 days up in Alaska. Good friend of mine from college lives in Anchorage, so stayed with him, got a chance to go up to Denali for a couple days, did some whitewater rafting, uh, did some camping. It was it was an awesome week. I, I can't recommend going up there enough, especially in the summertime. So uh, if you if you are so inclined, definitely get out there. The camping is incredible. the The photography up there is just un, unreal. So yeah, it was it was a great time. Yeah, I was really in, intrigued when you first told me you were going on vacation there because when I hear the word vacation, if we're playing word association, Alaska is not the first word that comes to mind, and vice versa. <laughs> 
<laughs> it certainly wasn't a relaxing type of vacation, but then again, most of most of our vacations tend to be, you know, running around, seeing a whole bunch of stuff. We don't usually like to just kind of sit on a beach for a week and, and relax. We usually come back more tired than we were when we left. So you might as well call a spade a spade and just get the hiking boots on. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I thought that was funny, and I thought before we got into the news, uh, we would just, you know, hit our listeners with a few Alaska facts for you guys. Three Alaska facts before we get into the news. Number one, the United States purchased Alaska from Russia in 1867 for about two cents an acre. Alaska fact number two, the the state flag of Alaska, which features the Big Dipper and the North Star, was designed by a 12-year-old boy. True story. Third and final Alaska fact, in Alaska, it is illegal to give beer to a moose. Those are uh, Alaska facts brought to you by, I don't know, Northern Exposure or some shit. <laughs> I'll throw in a fourth. The state bird of Alaska is the willow ptarmigan, and that's ptarmigan spelled with a P. Ooh, ptarmigan? Hey, <laughs> little uh, little bird humor there. Uh, so why don't we get into the, the news of the week here? And I wanted to start off with Jake Ryan, since we last recorded. Uh, confirmed that linebacker Jake Ryan was indeed lost for the season. Now the Packers just today, uh, it's sort of breaking news, signed undrafted rookie linebacker James Crawford of Illinois. Texas, what do you think? Is that uh, just a camp body? Is he a contender? What do we know about this guy? Yeah, Crawford strikes me as being more of a camp body. Um, certainly they need uh, another player in there to pick up some snaps on the inside, but he, he wasn't a standout player necessarily by any means in college. He he only really played linebacker for one year in uh, at the University of Illinois, and that was his junior year. He played more of a, a defensive end pass rushing role last year. So it, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him just I think he pro- profiles similarly to Nashon Hughes in that uh, both of them came into college as safety recruits. Both of them ended up playing kind of both off ball and um, edge rushing linebacker roles in their times in college. And it looks like both of them will probably end up moving inside uh, in, in Green Bay here in camp. But this isn't a signing that should move the needle a whole heck of a lot, I don't think. I think it was a case of the, the team had two roster spots, wanted to get a young guy in to, to maybe get some snaps and uh, maybe see if he's worth a practice squad spot. But nothing more serious than that, from what I can tell. Do you expect Gutekunst to also add in uh, a more veteran guy there? You know, I think of guys like Navarro Bowman, Gerald Hodges, and even like Brian Cushing are still out there, right? Yeah, those guys are all there. And, and honestly, Bowman is the one that would intrigue me the most just because he's been the best of those players. And he certainly is a guy who at this stage of his career is, is chasing a ring. And I think you can make the case that, you know, as a veteran guy, he probably doesn't want to go through a full training camp and he could probably pick up a, a new defensive scheme relatively quickly. So I think if the Packers make a move on Bowman, they'll probably be content to wait a, a couple of weeks, maybe, yeah. you know, l- look at him again two weeks from now before the third preseason game, if they do feel like they, they need something there. And let's face it, I mean, they haven't played a snap in the preseason yet, so we, we don't really know what we're going to get out of guys like Oren Burks and and Ahmad Thomas and these guys yet. So, you know, for all we know, that one of them might come in here and, and light everything on fire and, and you know, play really well these first couple of games and give you a little bit of comfort level there with, with the young players. So I think they're just kind of biding their time on that. Yeah, that I agree. And I want to give a quick shout out to a listener on Twitter, Ryan, who's at Amish Goat Farm, which is an awesome, awesome <laughs> handle. But we, uh, we're doing a listener mailbag session uh, up next. Uh, he had a question about James Crawford. We're covering it now, so I just wanted to give him a shout out. He had asked if, uh, if we should be worried about the inside linebacker 
position. And I think you put it best. We don't really know what we've got yet until we see these preseason games. And and I would also add, and and you could feel free to agree or disagree with this, but I guess we don't know what you know Gutekunst and, and Patton think, but certainly Ted Thompson, Dom Capers, over the years, the inside linebacker uh, position has not been highly valued. Yeah, that's a good point, too. I mean, Burks is your your highest drafted off-ball linebacker by the Packers since A.J. Hawk in 2006. So that that tells you the kind of value positionally that the, the team has historically put on this position. You know, again, we'll see what Gutekinds thinks about this. But, you know, I certainly wouldn't expect, um, even if they do go out and get a veteran, that, that they would invest a whole lot of guaranteed money in that contract. Yeah. Well, moving on, speaking of injuries, uh, lineman David Bakhtiari had fans holding his breath at family night when he went down with what looked like a a rolled ankle. And uh, thankfully, all indications are that he avoided a serious injury and he should be good to go for the regular season. Tex, how's your blood pressure here with this offensive line? (laughs) Well, honestly, if if Brian Balaga hadn't come back to practice on Friday off the pup list the day before Bakhtiari messed up his ankle, my blood pressure would have been a heck of a lot higher because you've got those probably two of the best pair, you know, the best pair of bookend tackles uh, in the league and certainly losing one of them for any length of time would hurt. But if you're going to be without both of them, you know, we, we saw what happened early on last season when, when the Packers had to put Lane Taylor and company out there at, at the end of the offensive line. Ouch. So yeah. And, and ultimately Bakhtiari is not a guy who needs a whole lot of snaps in the preseason. He's been around long enough. He's a, a two-time all pro. He's, he's going to come in, get his job done when, when he's called upon, when, when week one comes around. And ultimately, you know, once the, once it was confirmed to just be a sprained ankle, you know, if he doesn't see the field at all in the preseason, I'm totally fine with that. But it will be interesting as we, as we head into these, these four preseason games, watching the offensive line play. I think, uh, from from my experience watching preseason football, advantage is always on the defensive line. The the backup offensive linemen don't usually fare too well, so it might be hard to sort of suss out what we've got to work with. But that might be something interesting to keep an eye on. Definitely, and last year especially, we saw that with Jason Spriggs really struggling on the left side. It sounds like right now that Kyle Murphy is getting more of the action on the left side with Spriggs on the right. So. It'll definitely be interesting to see if they keep those guys on their on their sides um, in these first couple games or if they do kind of alternate them back and forth a little bit. Yeah. Next up in the news, Aaron Rodgers made waves the other day when uh, during a post-practice locker room interview, he openly chastised young receivers, calling their effort uh, on the scout team, quote, piss poor, unquote. I don't know about you, Tex, but I love <laughs> this. I thought, it, you know, I, I don't know. I like this kind of stuff. What did you make of this? Yeah, Rogers knows that he's he's the old man in the room, and if if he's earned enough clout that if he sees something he doesn't like, he's you know he's earned the the right to make that clear to to his teammates, especially these young guys. I think it's a case of you know Rogers tries to lead by example most of the time, be a quiet leader, and and you know go about go about his job and, and show the guys the right way to do things. But I read this as being an example of a time when he, he recognized that something a little more forceful needed to be, to be said to these guys. You know, certainly it sounds like a couple of the second year players. Um, I think he said Yancey and Jay Kumaro, you know, that, that they were doing good jobs, but, but it's really the rookies that he was kind of harping on. So maybe it's kind of a wake up, uh, welcome to the NFL moment for these guys. I think maybe that's kind of what he's trying to instill and say, look, you guys need to be pros. This is different than it was in college and it's time to, 
you know, it's time to really buckle down and get to work. Yeah, I agree. You know, one thing we know about Aaron Rodgers is that he does not say anything, anything at all on the record in front of a microphone without an express purpose behind it. And so to to call out these guys, to me, that says that he thinks that they're capable of doing better. Otherwise, he yep. wouldn't have said it. He's not just doing it to be a dick. Agreed. Before I move on, I wanted to shout out really quickly because Aaron Rodgers has been in the news a lot, uh, giving interviews and the like. And, and Tex, you had a really, really nice write-up that I wanted to shout out and encourage our listeners uh, to head over to acmepackingcompany.com to check out about Aaron Rodgers' comments on a number of things, including the anthem protest, new rules and regulations, and, and stuff like that. Would you mind uh, sort of uh, giving, giving the listeners a quick primer on that? Yeah, Rodgers was interviewed by a couple different media sources this week. Uh, Michael Silver with NFL.com, as well as Kevin Clark of The Ringer. And they really kind of got his opinion on a whole bunch of different things, but uh, he, he took on a little bit of questions about the CBA, kind of what he would do if he were commissioner of the, of the NFL. And you really see a lot of his his understanding of the NBA now that he's part of the ownership group of the Bucks, kind of coming through on that. Uh, and he also gave some some of his viewpoints on, like you said, the anthem protests, really kind of pointing out some of the the double standards that it seems are being set by the owners with some of the policies that they've that they've put forth. So, really good interviews. Please check them out at Acme Packing Company, and then you know make sure to check out the the full interviews, uh, both of those sources as well. Yeah, for sure. And Tex, that was a good job by you. Moving on, John Gruden's uh, weird NFL back to the future <laughs> fever dream continues as uh, Khalil Mack, uh, the tremendous defensive end for the Raiders, is according to some sources on the trading block. I have two, I have two questions for you, Tex. What the hell is going on in Oakland? Firstly, and secondly, uh, what would you give up to acquire Mack in a hypothetical trade? I. I... Uh, on the first question, I, I have absolutely no idea. I don't know why John Gruden was hired in the first place, so I think everything boils down to that to, to start with. You know, he, he's he's even even said at the Combine things like he wants to take football back to 1998. I think you know, he's he, screwing with us. I, I hope he is. I, I really do. It, it, it'd, be, it'd be fascinating if he comes out and he runs – you know, a, a Rams or Eagles like offense and just completely fools everybody that's expecting him to just run, you know, a ground and pound mid nineties offense instead. That would be I mean, that, such a hilarious hoodwinking. Oh, absolutely. I'm here but, for but it. But it seems, it seems like Gruden's really got an affinity for, for veteran players. Like, I mean, the, the, the Raiders acquired Jordy Nelson this off season. There's a couple other players in there that, that they added. And I don't know why you would get rid of a defensive MVP candidate you know, which, which Max certainly is, but if I were the Packers, yeah, you've got to, you've got to start having conversations about this. If, if you know, he's uh, available at the right price. Now, right now that price is probably two first round picks and that's just going to keep coming down as, as the couple weeks tick down towards the start of the season. And we all know that, that the Packers have two first rounders with that trade with new Orleans for next year. But um, certainly I'm not, not keen on giving up both of those picks um, at this stage in the game. So, you know, for me right now, what, what I'd be comfortable with, um, you know, one of those first rounders, you could even throw in maybe a third round pick next year. Um, that still leaves you with, <clears throat> with one of your firsts, a second round pick, probably some ammo in the third or in the third day of the draft to move up back into round three, kind of the way they did this year. So you know, first and third seems reasonable to me. And then, I mean, you still got to figure out a contract situation with Mac and find a way to, to work him under the cap anyway. You know, I, I 
I hate to say it, but if if they're real serious about this, maybe they could find a way to convince the the Raiders to take one year Clay Matthews off our hands and and make a um, a big a big swap in terms of salary and cap space that way too. Do it, do it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you're talking replacing Clay Matthews with Khalil Mack right now, Mack's 27. Um, you know, again, he's he's coming off a a tremendous couple of seasons. Um, yeah, so, that, that so ought to be a no-brainer for, so for Packers fans, regardless of how much we love Clay's hair. Yeah, Ooh, I got to calm down. It's all hypothetical. It's probably not going to happen, <laughs> but it's, it's the Goody era. So, hey, you know, we, we don't and, know. And he didn't rule it out in his press conference. Keep that in mind. So he did say that the, the team was going to have some conversations. Um, so so it's it's more than we, we would have ever heard from Ted Thompson. Um, granted, we we actually got good against at the podium, which in and of itself is probably more than we would have ever gotten out of Ted anyway. But um, I don't know. I, I think it's a fun thing to have a little pipe dream about these next couple of weeks and just kind of keep an eye on. Agreed. All right. And that's the news. got mail all right guys it's mail call time uh we put out the apb on twitter at the apc pod on twitter is where you can find us for all kinds of silliness there and uh for long form stuff the apc podcast at gmail.com we put out the apb earlier today yesterday actually i believe got some really good questions here text western we're holding you captive they've got questions you've got answers (laughs) are you ready let's do it (laughs) all right Uh, We heard from Joe at work on Twitter. Uh, What are your thoughts on players playing multiple slash new positions? Packers moved Randall to cornerback, Montgomery to running back. Rollins has taken snaps at inside linebacker. Josh Jones has played some ILB. Some have suggested Josh Jackson Jackson should play safety. Is this a good thing, a bad thing, or just a thing? I think it's just a thing, right? No, I, I don't. I don't read anything negative into this. Um, at least not in terms of the the fact that the Packers are willing to to try some of these guys out at different spots. As far you know, I'll, I'll step through these guys individually here. You know, Randall was looked at. He was a safety coming out of college, but you know, he had a kind of a cornerback type of skill set, and he played a little bit more of like a, a slot corner, um, overhang defender type of role in in college so it kind of made sense and then you get the fact that the Packers desperately needed help at cornerback Montgomery to running back there were people the year that Montgomery came out of the draft saying that his skill set was better suited to running back than wide receiver in the first place so you know that one I think is is natural and again you know that one was was also sort of a result of of team need and and you know massive injuries at that running back position two years ago uh, as far as Quentin Rollins at inside linebacker, Rollins in general has, and you know, we'll get into him probably a little bit more later, but they're trying to find something for him. Exactly. They they've invested a second round pick in this guy. It's his fourth year in the league and they're trying to find a way for him to show that he deserves a spot on the team. Yeah. At this point, I don't know that that's going to happen, but, but yeah, he's, he's a man without a position that they've made it clear that they don't think he's an outside cornerback. They played him at safety. They played him at nickel. They played him at dime. They played him at linebacker, and and really he hasn't seemed to impress at any of those spots yet. So for him, I think it's a a factor of you're just trying to get him 
in situations to to give him opportunities to to show that he deserves to stick around. So ultimately, I think you have to look at each of these situations individually. I don't think you can look at it as a, a massive trend. Aside from you know the 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 obvious of college defensive ends moving to to three four outside linebacker. I mean that that one that that's a league wide thing. So um, as far as these particular examples, I, I think each one of these is is a distinct different situation and there's not really any reason to read too much into it as an overall trend yeah i agree with that um joe i hope you're satisfied with that answer moving on (laughs) uh glenn hints on twitter asks who is worthier of replacing janice as the great white hope jake kumaro or jk scott (laughs) so it's funny that this question came up today because in today's walkthroughs uh, on acme packing company we talked about which players were most excited to see uh, in the, the preseason opener, and our uh, our good friend and colleague Paul Noonan coined the nickname for Jake Kumaro, the Great Whitewater Hope. <laughs> so it, th- that I, I thought that was priceless. But um, in terms of who's, I think Scott's got the better chance to make the roster. Right, he's basically already locked up the punting job. Um, Kumaro is still in a, a real tough fight for a roster spot with all the 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 various talented receivers that the Packers have. So. I mean, Scott's the guy who's going to be around for a while, so I guess that's my answer. I'm going to go opposite you and go Kumaro only because Janice was always a bubble player. Valuable on special teams, that's how he stuck around uh, on the roster. So I feel like to, to get that folk hero name, you can't, you can't have 100% of the roster spot guaranteed. We know Scott's on the roster. He's not going anywhere. So I'm going to go Kumro, not that it matters at all. But one last point, (laughs) someone in our, in our APC Slack chat today um, pulled up an article and pointed out that Kumro, who first of all uh, is his cousin is Joey Bosa, which I thought was an interesting fact is also related to like his grandfather or great grandfather. Somebody is like a a famous like crime boss whose nickname is big tuna. (laughs) Is that accurate? That, that, that's what we determined i guess um i think we can thank matub for for the the find on that one something about his great grandfather i think was was a mob boss in the the mid 90s and the or i'm sorry the the mid 1900s 40s and 50s or something like that moving on we have actually two questions from at whiskey shisky and we'll start with the first one which is which is also kumro related is kumro better than the rookie wide receivers will he make the 53 man roster so get on a hill make a stand here tex what do you think yeah um in terms of sheer talent no i mean fundamentally saint brown jamon moore and marcus valdez scantling they're they're faster they're you know they're a little bit bigger they're they're better athletes than than kumaro is but it's clear so far at least in camp that he's the better football player at this point, he's he's running routes properly. He's got a better hold of the playbook, and some of that probably comes from the fact that he spent the entire offseason with with the team after being signed the last week of of the 2017 season. If you're asking me if he makes it out of the the 53 man roster, at this point, I still say no. We need to see him do this in a game. Um, we yeah. need to see him do it consistently. Uh, you know, we we all know that Rogers likes you know guys who who play well in practice and who can be trusted. But when you're also putting together the roster, you need to look at different types of things. Um, you're, you're looking at return on investment. Um, you're looking at at longevity. Um, you're looking at at growth and development potential as well. And so, you know, if you're if you're telling me to to make a stand right now, I say no. He probably doesn't make the roster just based on you know everything that's invested in some of those other players. Although he does have 
still somehow after bouncing around some practice squad eligibility. So maybe they'd be able to eke them out on the practice squad. Not sure about that. The follow-up question from at Whiskey Shisky was, can the Packers afford to keep three QBs this year? So switching gears a little bit. Yeah, I've been playing around with my my roster prediction spreadsheet, trying to come up with some different scenarios. Are you on the boil train? Get on the boil train. (laughs) No, I think Tim Boyle will be a great practice squad quarterback this year. So we'll see. Hopefully he he passes through waivers, unlike Taysom Hill did last year. But I think there's scenarios. Ah, I know. I know the the missed opportunities there with a, a 27 year old, 28 year old rookie. But no, I mean, th- there's scenarios that I've run that you could you could have three quarterbacks on the roster and not feel like you're really missing out too much at, in, at other positions. Um, you know, if they keep five defensive linemen and three running backs, so Jamal Williams, Ty Montgomery and, and the fullback, probably Rupkowski, um, you can make room. Certainly, you think this team is going to have six receivers, probably nine offensive linemen with with the injuries they've had there. So so there's ways to do it. My my position has always been if you've got a third guy that you really like on the practice squad, what's the point of having that third quarterback on the 53 man roster? It's a guy who unless you're in. You know, unless you have back to back serious, serious injuries uh, in the same game, he's never going to see the field. Whereas, you know, and then, you know, like last year, if you've got an injury to, to your starter, then you just elevate your, your practice squad guy to the active roster and move on from there. So if you're asking me my preference, no, keep two, two guys on the roster, throw a boil on the practice squad, and, and you probably end up with Kaiser being the guy in that situation because uh, he's got guaranteed money and you've, you've got the trade investment in, um, put into him uh, instead of Hundley. But um you know, if I if I had my my preference, it would be you know just keep the two quarterbacks and, and give yourself more flexibility. Yeah, Max on Twitter writes in asking, "Will Trevor Davis make the team?" So that's why I don't have Kumaro on my roster right now. As as much as it, it as difficult as that cut was, we don't know we, we don't really know that Kumaro can do anything as a returner. Um, he hasn't been been put back there at all. I think in in camp yet but so i doubt we'll see him there and the packers certainly seem dedicated to giving davis a shot to to prove that he still belongs just at least based on his returning ability so right now i've actually got him on um we'll we'll see obviously in the next couple weeks what happens but that's where i stand at this point those special teams contributions might get him a spot yeah, I've been wavering on this but i i'm i'm switching sides i think and leaning more towards he is he is going to make the team, uh, but again, uh, you know that's what the that's what the preseason is for. I know it's cliche, but, but I think we'll learn a lot about those bubble players uh, over the next few weeks. Yep. Uh, Matt Doherty on Twitter asks, "Hey guys, love the pod. Hey, th- thanks, buddy. Uh, I'd <laughs> like to hear your thoughts on safety depth. I think the pack should sign Eric Reed. I'll give you um, a hot take sounder for that. What do you think? <laughs> My short." thought on safety depth is it's not great um i'm 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 not confident in the depth behind clinton dix um i'm still not sure that i'm confident in in knowing who's going to start at the other safety spot between kendrell bryce and and josh jones yeah that's true um and and i'm still more on the of the opinion that jones needs to be more of an in the box player uh, a slot uh you know kind of a hybrid inside linebacker guy um that's where he had his best games last year um 
You know, he was he was really good for most of that game against Cincinnati from the the, the weak side linebacker spot. So I think that's where he fits in best. You know, put Bryce out there, I guess. But then, you know, who do you have behind them? I'm not sold on Jermaine Whitehead being anything more than maybe a dime back. I do like Raven Green, the the undrafted rookie. I think um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing him in, in the preseason, see if he can do something in the second half and, and flash a little bit. But no, I, I would be all for Eric Reed coming aboard. You know, I, I actually made that point uh, about a week ago, I think, when when the Jake Ryan injury hit, that Reed is also got a guy kind of like Josh Jones in that you can plug him in at a linebacker spot as well. So that helps your your depth with you know, both at the safety position as well as at, at the inside linebacker spot, you know, with Jake Ryan out. So that that's the guy that, that I would be calling right now, honestly, probably ahead of a guy like Navarro Bowman or, or someone like that is, is Reed just because of the versatility that he gives you. And Mike Pettin loves those types of players. You know, he's going to find some, some interesting ways to use Josh Jones. But I think if you give both Jones and Reed, that's going to be some, some real exciting toys that he'd be able to play with and come up with some real interesting packages with. Yeah. Do you, are you interested at all in in any free agents to bolster the safety position? There's not a lot out there besides Eric Reed, huh? Yeah, the only other name I think that's still out there is Trey Boston. Um, he's more of a, a conventional deep free safety, though, and and I don't think that really fits with what Petten likes to do. I think he signed um, with the Cardinals, actually. Did he? Oh yeah. shoot, I must have missed that. Then, yeah. Th- then if he's gone, then you know, Tyvon, Kenny Vaccaro, Tyvon Branch, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, Kenny Vaccaro just signed with, yeah, (laughs) Vaccaro's in in Tennessee now, so we'll see him tomorrow. But um, yeah, now that, now that we're getting down there, it's, it's basically read or nobody because finally some of these safeties are taking, um, you know, these real cheap contracts that uh, they're at least going to have a job for this season. But um, this was a really weird market for safeties this year. I I didn't understand what was going on. um, And, and I, I still don't. So it's nice to see these guys finally finding some landing spots, but you know, I, I'm still on board with with bringing Reed to Green Bay. I, I think I, I'd love to see it. I think he'd be a good fit. I agree. I also think that we're going to see that contract trend reverse a little bit because I think the position is actually <clears throat> on its way up in 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 terms of uh, importance. One last question, actually two questions from the listener ba- mailbag. Gage Bridgeford writes in on Twitter. Firstly, he asks, "Is Rollins out barring injuries?" We talked a little bit about Rollins, but what do you think, in or out? No, I think he's out. Again, I don't think you you have a good spot where you feel comfortable for for with him playing any with any consistent solid level of play. You know, he hasn't he hasn't looked really good as a safety. He certainly can't do it at cornerback at this point. So, unless he shows something that he hasn't showed in the last two years or so in the next three weeks, I, I don't see him making the team. Yeah, I agree. Uh, his his second question: Switching sides, do they keep Carriage or Ripkowski? I personally. I think Ripkowski, I think everyone is reporting that that he has the edge. Um, not sure if you feel strongly. Yeah, I don't I don't think there's a a huge role for the fullback still in this offense. There's certainly more than than there is in in other offenses since Mark McCarthy hasn't quite given up the ghost on that position yet. But um no, I'm 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 confident that Ripkowski will be the guy if if it's one or the other. Now I wouldn't necessarily rule out them keeping both of them. Um They've I just done it don't before. know. They have, and and Carriage is certainly a guy who's been a core member of that special teams unit in the past. Yeah. So maybe if they, you know, only keep 
three inside linebackers, let's say, uh, that might be a, an opportunity for Carriage to make it as a, a special teamer. But, you know, if they keep maybe a foursome of linebackers, let's say they keep Martinez, Burks are, are certainly locks. And then if they land, let's say, Ahmad Thomas and Greer Martini as reserves and and, uh, and special teams players, I think that shuts the door pretty much on, on Joe Carriage. Yeah. And uh, I just, I just want to say, bless you, Gage, on Twitter. Bless you, Packers fans. It is August 8th. 2018 <laughs> and Packers nation wants to know which fullback are they keeping on the roster? I love this stuff. Doesn't get any better than that, right? Hell yeah. All right. That uh, was the listener mailbag. So thanks everybody for submitting your questions at the APC pod on Twitter, the APC podcast at gmail.com. That's where you find us for long form complaints, hate mail novellas. Uh, whatever you got they could also get you text you are at uh, at text western is that right that's correct i should i should have pumped that earlier i was a bad intro on my part at text western <laughs> on twitter i'm at zach rapport and uh, the usual the usual degenerates who are not here at alex patakis uh, at ben foldy but uh we teased it at the top of the show but we uh, we have a big announcement so uh let's get underway That's right, folks. The APC Podcast Listener Pick'em League is back. Is that name way too long? Definitely. Did we have all summer to think of a better one? You bet we did. Did we do that? Of course not. (laughs) Every week in this confidence pool style game, you will predict the winners of each game and collect points for correct guesses. At the end of the regular season, the listener with the top score will receive one prize to be named later. It's free to sign up free to play but how do i sign up you ask follow us on twitter at the apc pod and tweet at us uh, that you want in and we'll get you set up the apc podcast listener pick'em league marginally fun totally free are you are you in this year tex i'm in i'm in 100 percent. so test your luck at uh at the pick'em against myself certainly all the podcast guys i think paul noonan's doing it again we've got a bunch of the writers on board as well yeah, you can uh, yeah, test your skills and show how much more you know about football than we do. I actually, <laughs> I think I fared fared pretty well. Um, were you? Who was the top placing APC or was that you or somebody else? I think Mike. I think Mike Veith got me. You're right, um, by you're a, right. by a little bit, and then I edged out Paul for second place. But the uh, the real winner was uh, was Mateus, if 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 I'm correct, uh, listener Mateus from Brazil, and uh, and his brother actually came in second place, which I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, cool. So yeah, the listener pick is back and, uh, yeah, just get at us on Twitter and, and we'll get you signed up. It's through the CBS sports app. Uh, it's really simple. It's free. Um, and it is, uh, as I just stated, a marginal amount of fun. <laughs> um, uh, so before we, before we head out here, I wanted to get your opinion as the Packers head into their first preseason game against the Tennessee Titans here. Just give me like one thing that you'll be paying attention to uh, during this first game? Yeah, I think the big thing for me is going to be how does this front seven look with with Pettin now as the defensive coordinator? With the reports out of family night or that the, the defensive line and, and the front seven really dominated, um, you've got Montrevious Adams playing well. You've got Kenny Clark beasting and, and throwing guys all around the, the field. Um, so I'm really excited to see this front, um, you know, see what little wrinkles Pettin is going to show us um, about his scheme. Um, certainly, he's not going to going to throw the whole playbook out there the first game of the preseason. But I th- I think we'll see enough to 
to see a visible difference from the Dom Capers defenses that we're used to. And and I'm looking forward to to seeing what that looks like and, and hopefully getting fired up for week one. Yeah. Uh, uh, similarly, on that note, and something we touched on earlier, you know, I'm, I'm interested in seeing uh, what Pettin's defense look like looks like, but also how he uses the safeties, uh, because we touched on it as a as a position of worry, and uh, and he uses the safeties in interesting ways. So I'll be keeping my eye on that, and then on the other side of the ball, uh, I know it'll be it'll be hard to look at, but uh, I will be keeping my eyes on the offensive line as well to see what we got there. All right, and with that, I think that's an ender. We'll play the polka and get out of your hair here. Thank you so much to Tex Western at Tex Western on Twitter. That's me. That's you. I am Zach Rapport at Zach Rapport on Twitter. Follow the show at the APC pod. Alex Patakis, Ben Foldy, the whole gang. Follow us uh, for, you know, fun, irreverent, sometimes not fun and sad chatter. But it's all there. We're there all the time to hang out with you guys. So, uh... Good luck to the Packers here hosting the Tennessee Titans. Hopefully we'll see Football. some interesting things. Hopefully no one will get injured. Football Hopefully. tomorrow. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then football forever. Four more weeks of preseason and then meaningful football is here. Thank the lucky stars because I don't know about you, Tex, but I need a distraction right about now. Got that right. All right. So, for three words for you, Zach. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. For everyone at APC. Thanks a lot for listening. Thanks for downloading. And we'll see you next time. Sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. It's maybe the night that my dreams might let me know. All the stars are closer. All the stars are closer. Tell me what you're going to do to me. Confrontation ain't nothing new to me. You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue, but you can't bring the truth to me. Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and SZA. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, 
maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Smart.